Hello and welcome everybody to the 1787 Media Network, the Simple Answers Podcast. And first off, I want to say a happy EMS week. Here in the United States, it is EMS week. Uh, If anybody doesn't follow random, you know... I would say random, random holidays in the United States. It's the week after Nurses Week because still we can't beat nurses in anything. Because um, somehow they're always more important, huh? Mm. But anywho, uh, we we have a absolutely huge, huge episode uh, in store for you guys today. Hopefully, we don't run long, and I have to make it a two-parter. So we'll uh, we'll keep this train running. But since it's EMS week here in the United States, uh, I wanted to follow up the two videos that we did via the Facebook page and the YouTube channel earlier, and have a EMS discussion about. Everything EMS, the history, you know, should we become a essential service or not? And, you know, the the stigma of ambulance drivers, because mm. I'm sure y'all hate that. I know I hate it. Drives mm. me nuts. But it is what it is. So we have that to look forward to. Me ranting about ambulance drivers, I'm sure. But we also have a full, full panel today. So Gerard is actually in the bunker and not in his bubble. Um, but we do have two people replacing him in the bubble. Uh, first, I want to introduce uh, Peter Doty. He is the uh, operational supervisor, right? Operational supervisor, not chief. Correct. Okay. Of uh, Community Rescue in uh, Copake, New York. I will let him introduce himself, um, you know, how long he's been in EMS, um, and just, you know, a brief history of whatever the heck you want to talk about, Pete. Uh, good afternoon, and again, uh, to reiterate what Mike was saying, happy EMS week to all the uh, fellow brothers uh, and sister EMS people, emergency services out there. Um, it's long um, overdue that we get recognition for everything that we do. Um, again, my name is Peter Doty, and I'm operations supervisor for Community Rescue Squad, uh, which I've been in charge of for three years. Taking over the reins of a longtime operations supervisor there, in which uh, we can go into um, how things change uh, when you have somebody sitting in one spot for a long time. But um, I've been in EMS. I started down in Rhinebeck, uh, New York. Uh, started a volunteer fire department uh, out of high school, and uh, started with the fire department. I'm a firefighter. Uh, got my certified first responder. Then went up, got my EMT, and then went to advanced EMT, and then eventually to a paramedic, where I've been a paramedic for nearly uh, 20 years now with uh, numerous agencies over the years. Um, So now I'm in a position here. I work full-time with another agency, and I run Copic Rescue. And um, And who's your favorite longest partner? This guy. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And uh, secondly, I want to introduce uh, a buddy of mine, Josh. Um, Josh, I'm going to let you explain what you are and who you are, because uh, uh, you know you're you're more fire side of EMS. You also do EMS, but I brought you in specifically to talk about the the fire type uh, aspect that uh, you know EMS and fire departments work hand in hand, but we also don't see eye to eye a lot. So uh, I brought you in to talk about that. So who are you? What do you do? Yeah, sounds good. My name's Josh Weaver. Uh, I, like Mike said, been a firefighter for 17 years now. Started when I was 15 in the Explorers program. Um, when, eight, when I turned 18, did all the classes I could do, one interior, you know, worked my way up the ranks, held multiple line officers positions, assistant chief, lieutenant, currently captain of the fire department I'm in now. I uh, started my EMS career as a certified first responder when I was 19. Got my EMT when I was 22, been an EMT since then. Um, now you're old. And, yeah, it's now I'm getting old. <laughs> but, uh, I've worked with, I've worked for Peter over here at Colpate Community Rescue for two years and one month now. Um, I was volunteering with Diaz Ambulance in Sargeries when I was living in Sargeries, and they still had the volunteers. 
There's a, a blast from my past. Diaz? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. Why not? Uh, what else do you want to know? No, no, that's fine. That's <coughs> fine. So, uh, we don't really go into a lot of background on ourselves um, much in this show, at least about our professional background. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for me, I've been in EMS. This is my 10th year. Um, I've, you know, newly minted paramedic, um, not even a year old yet, but I was an EMT for seven years. I was an advanced EMT for three. Um, and, uh, and now I'm going to do this paramedic thing for a year now. And, um, I started down in Kingston, Poughkeepsie area in New York, and then just kind of migrated up towards, uh, you know, the Hudson, Albany area where, where I practice now. Um, one being with, um, with Peter at community rescue. And then, you know, Pete and I also work another agency together where, like I said, he, he was literally my longest running partner of, uh, what we do six years on 24 on Mondays. It was a long time. Um, EMT paramedic partnership. And I'll tell you, he didn't like me to start. <laughs> I, I had to prove myself to him. And then all of a sudden he started not yelling at me and it was great. It's good stuff. <laughs> um, but Gerard, you're 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 fairly new to EMS, aren't you? Yeah, this will be my fourth year. Uh, newly minted paramedic uh, with you. Yep. yep. Um, so going on what uh, so September? So yeah, it's almost a year. Yeah, we're coming up on our year soon. Um, it's creepy. But uh, yeah, before that, uh, I don't know, I'm sure if anyone who's been watching the podcast probably knows, or um, for those who don't, yeah, my previous career, I did. Uh, I flew commercially for 15 years uh, as a pilot. And uh, decided I needed a pay cut and uh, a lot more stress and misery in my life, so I chose EMS, and uh, here I am, loving every minute of it. That's right, and you know, <laughs> it's it's funny how things happen because I didn't, you know, I don't think anyone decides to go into EMS like right off the bat. Maybe somebody does. I know I didn't. I tried doing art, and then right. I joined my local fire department. They said, "Hey, we need EMTs." I said what the hell I'll do it why not and that that's how I got my kick and then I was like addicted to it and every like we we joked about being like a fire whacker yeah I was totally the fire whacker like 120 calls a year I was gonna make them you know um but uh I just want to take a brief time out before we get into uh the meat and potatoes of our issues today and uh tell everybody who hasn't joined the 1787 army yet to click that red subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Make sure you do that. The Facebook, we are literally this close to 500 likes on Facebook. So again, if you want to be a member, you got to follow us on Facebook. You know, if Twitter is your way to go, hit us up on the Twitter. Make sure Kyle's not here. Kyle will talk to you. Kyle will talk to you. He (laughs) runs the Twitter. And uh, honestly... The Twitter, yeah. The t- I don't, I don't understand Twitter at all. But anywho, yeah, we're old. if you really hate what I look like, but you really like the soft, sultry voice of Gerard, <laughs> listen to us on SoundCloud and follow us there because we're there also. All the links are around my head right now. Definitely got a face so, for radio. Um, Pete, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with you because you are the seasoned provider, and that is my nice way of telling you you're old. Oh. <laughs> um, you have the longest amount of years, so you've seen, you know, most of the changes go through EMS. Um, you know, when you started, how was EMS? Like everyone said, you know, we've all seen like emergency on TV. We've all seen like, you know, the the ER shows and the hospital shows and the doctor shows and, you know, the the rips that they take of EMS, like, was it as bad as it was when you started, like compared to now? Well, um, let me start with by I was watching last night as we were on uh, a standby your introduction to all this. Oh boy! And how you were saying how it all started and everything like that, which is correct. You know, um, a lot <laughs> I was of every. Ho- I was hoping I wasn't lying. <laughs> a lot of everything that we do now is is brought over from the military, mainly with trauma. And uh, everything's tried out in the military and then brought into the EMS world. Things are tried. And if it works, it stays. If it doesn't, they get rid of it. But um, just a little quick um, history um, lesson, um, only because I go back a little bit farther. 
um, pretty much in a rural area that we have, not counting in, uh, municipalities and stuff like that. Uh, your country ambulances and so on started off with your uh, funeral undertaker. That's right. You yep, know, they, yeah. had, they had the vehicles to carry bodies, um, whether alive or dead. And is what they would do is, you know, somebody would call somebody who said they need help. They would call their local undertaker. They would all go meet either at the funeral home and then run to the person's house and then throw them in the in the hearse and then get them to the hospital. So that's a lot of how um, EMS started in the rural areas before um, developed uh, classes and everything um, that came around. Um, the first paramedic class, I do believe, was in... Uh, 1973 was the first graduating class of uh, paramedicine, I believe, in the States, if I read that correct last night. But um, so it's only 45 years old because, well, 40, yeah, 45, 44 years old. Um, so it was relatively new even when I got into uh, EMS. Uh, a lot of it wasn't, um, when I first got into it, there wasn't any um, paramedics in this area. And I can remember paramedics coming into um, a squad um, that we worked for when they first started. Um, but when I first started, it was a certificate uh, course. You know, you got your EMT and all that. But the first paramedic courses that were around here, I took it up at Hudson Valley Community College. And uh, it was a certificate course, you know, about a year long. And that's what you had in, you got approved by the state granted by a doctor to do your privileges and you're out saving lives. But nowadays it's a two year degree at a minimum um, course. So it's a lot more education. Uh, yeah. And I, and I will to attest that you break down the, the, the amount of credits that you take yeah. and it is 60 credits in 12 months. You literally do an associate program in a year. Well, technically it's, it's, it, it's, in two semesters. Yes. With plus the in between, time. with the in between time is clinical time and, yeah. and internship. Yeah. Which makes it the year. But yeah, I mean, it oh. is it is insane. Like yeah. you don't you don't understand how bad paramedic school is to go through it until you actually go through it. Everyone can say, "Oh, you lose a year of your life. It's the worst thing ever." And you're like, "Ah, no, it's fine. I'll make it." And then you go through it, and you're like, "My life is crumbling around me. I don't know what to do." <laughs> And halfway through it, every single week, you go, why the hell am I doing this? Right. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it, is, it is that way. And, um, you know, I think we've, we've at least in, in, it's funny because I haven't seen as many changes as you, Pete, but, you know, I've seen even changes over the last 10 years. I mean, we're doing stuff now that wasn't even there 10 years ago. And then we, they've taken stuff out, you know, backboards are gone. You know, we backboarded mm. everybody and their brother 10 years ago, even two years ago, everybody got a backboard. Yeah. Um, you know, so everyone has to remember that, you know, medicine is a practice medicine changes. And the, the big thing that, that I want people to understand is we've come a long way from the hearse and you know the uh, the hup up men, as I call them, who literally did nothing. Yeah. You you watched them on emergency all the time. If you've seen that show, the firefighters yeah. saved lives, and the hup up men threw them on the gurney. You know, picked them up, threw them in the back of the ambulance, and they drove really really fast. You know that, that <laughs> like that's why I call them hup up men. You know, yeah. um, Josh, with with you being in the fire side of it, um, you know, for so long, have you seen? Um, at least EMS, I mean, EMS has made a huge, uh, I would say, infiltration into the fire service. Um, you know, what's that been like? I'm sure old curmudgeons don't like it. Um, on the fire side, you, we get a lot of negative Nancys, as you call them, that they say, oh, we joined to do fire department, you know, firefighting, not be a bandit squad. That's what firefighters like to call us EMS personnel. It's a band-aid squad. That's cute. Um, I've never heard that. Yeah. I, oh, I get so ups I get so <laughs> fired up when they say that to me at the firehouse. But um, 
I mean, as far as like you were saying with the backboarding 10 years ago, when we would pull up on an accident scene, the first two things we would grab off of our fire trucks before the ambulance got there would be a backboard and a sea collar. Hmm. You know, pop the door off, and by the time the ambulance got there, depending on, you know, what town we were in, we would have the patient all packaged up, ready to go, and then ambulance pulls up, and the medics and EMTs take them away. Um, now, it's with the advancements in ambulances companies you know being full-time all the time and having people at the buildings and not volunteers is we're pulling up simultaneously so a lot of the firefighters don't even worry about patient care anymore and it's bringing more and more people into the fire service because they don't have to do that you know we we have a couple ems bags on the trucks for instance, where we do beat the ambulance to the scene, and the stuff that we carry in them now is not what we did when I started, you know, 17 years ago. It's just your basic necessities to control bleeding is all we have in the fire service now. Um, other than the AEDs, <clears throat> but other than that, you know, we don't have backboards no more. We don't carry sea collars. So, I mean, yeah, and on the uh, and on, on the flip side, on, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's hit and miss on everybody's thoughts on the fire side of assisting with the EMS. You know, me being in both sides, I'm for it. You know, working on an ambulance full time, four days a week. If the more hands, the better. At some points. Yeah. But, no, and, and I, I was just gonna say on the. Uh, yeah, on the flip side, where where I live right now, I uh, I volunteer with my local fire department. Uh, we're a rural community, uh, and we have I believe it is the the, the last uh, all volunteer ambulance corps. Uh, they have no one paid uh, at all, and in our situation, we can be on scene sometimes 15, 20 minutes before the ambulance shows up, and. Uh, we, you know, same thing as you've, you've been having, you know, you, you've got your guys that all they want to do is fight fire. They don't want to do anything except that or cut up a car. And, uh, luckily we, in my, uh, department, we have, uh, we have four EMTs, uh, myself, another, uh, paramedic and, uh, uh, believe it or not, a nurse anesthetist. If I can even get that wow. word out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Fancy. so our, like our medical bags actually are. Not just fully stocked, but uh, since uh, taking over as the uh, the EMS captain, um, uh, I've gotten our medical director to approve us for pretty much just about everything. We uh, we we do BG, we do uh, CPAP, we've uh, <laughs> we've got aspirin, which we we didn't have before. Yeah. Um, you know, just about everything we can do uh, at the basic uh, BLS level of care, uh, because it, in our situation, it's it's literally fire is there first, just about nine times out of ten. Uh, and we, you know, when, and like, like he was saying, you know, when they, when the fire guys uh, want to say, you know, we shouldn't be doing EMS, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, we're here for, you know, to fight fires. I, I pull up the stats from last year and I say, okay, well, out of 198 calls in our rural, tiny little farming community, uh, yeah, what was it? 125, 130 were EMS. And that's usually yeah. the case is, you know, I've noticed, and you guys, you know, you two would best know this, but when when I did my short volunteer fire stint years and years ago, it was, you know, we did 200 calls a year and maybe 170 of them were EMS related. And, you know, they do it because they need to boost numbers. They can get more tax money, whatever their reason to be able to do it behind mm -hmm. the scenes. But, you know, a lot of companies are now going that way. They're doing more first response EMS calls. And, you know, I have to say, working with a lot of fire departments, a lot of them are helpful. A lot of them are not helpful. Um, you know, and that just depends on where you work, the personnel that you're working with. You know, mm -hmm. everyone, in, everyone that's listening, if you're an EMS provider, you know what we're talking about, yeah. you know? Um, and one of the one of the things that, that I knew I would bring up before anybody else is I want to get everybody's thoughts on, you know, EMS is going, and Pete, you can, you can attest this, uh, EMS is going 
in a paid direction. Um, but we still have like your volunteer squad. We still have ambulance um, ambulances out there that are run strictly volunteer or volunteer at nights and weekends. You know, rural communities have volunteer, you know, everything. Um, is Should we be pushing more for non-volunteer um, or should we keep continuing with paid slash volunteer services? I'll take whoever wants to answer first because I'll be the first one to say I would love to see volunteer EMS go the way of the dodo everywhere. Um, I would agree. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, and, and this is, I hope I say it right because my brain works faster than my mouth sometimes. <laughs> I hope that I don't sacrifice quality of care for the ease of care. Right. So it might be that the 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 you know the ambulance god gets to me in ten minutes, and that never happens. But say they really get off the floor, they were at the building that day, they get there in ten minutes, but then all you know six of them jumping out of their you know ambulance have done three calls all year long, and they might miss stuff that. The paid ambulance that's coming from 20 or 25 minutes away, they've seen eight calls, 10 calls that day. They might not miss something. You know, that, yeah. And that's that's kind of my argument. You know, it, Do you want to sacrifice the quality for the for the ease of having the squad, say, in town? Well, for I mean, as far as I'm concerned, and I can only speak for what I'm used to dealing with, and it uh, it's... There are some pretty good volunteer providers. I mean, really good. Uh, the, the problem is, is you don't know when you're going to get them. Uh, if somebody's working today, you know, it, it, there's no guarantee that you're going to get an ambulance. You know, for you know, uh, uh, cold, cool, and clammy, you know, chest pain call in five minutes. Right. It might be fifteen twenty. You know, for me, I would rather have the ambulance show up. You know, every time. You know, eight minute response time. You know, and, mm-hmm. and and ready to rock and roll. Um, I, I, I it, it's that not knowing. Gee, today are they going to get off the floor, or you know, are, are they already answering another call? Which happened the other day. Uh, I had a girl in front of the uh, pulled up in front of my firehouse, uh, and they toned it out to the firehouse uh, with chest pain, and the ambulance was already answering a call on the other side of the town. Mm-hmm. So we ended up having to call mutual aid from uh, uh, from Rotterdam, and I had to make all the calls because I was the first person to get to the damn firehouse and, you know, start, start getting the, the wheels rolling and, you know, there she was, chest pains and 25 minutes before an ambulance got there. So, right. me, I'd rather have, uh, at, at first I, I kind of enjoy, I like the idea of, of you know, the, the volunteers doing it for their community and, you know, and, and, and taking the time and, and, you know, just the volunteer spirit, but honestly now doing this, uh, you know, for the years I've been doing it, I can honestly say, no, I'd, I'd rather have a paid service and, Let's just get some. Let's get people there, and we need to get them there. Pete, you're the administrator. I yield to you. Uh, no, I absolutely agree. I mean, with the days I can remember, where you know all the fire departments, all the rescue spots had plenty of members. Your duty nights were always filled. Your weekends were always filled, and mostly being down at Rhinebeck at that time. Um, you know, Rhinebeck Fire Department. You know, you never worried about getting in the ambulance off the floor it'd be relatively fast for the times it was you know good standard of care um you know at the beginning there was no als in uh dutchess county in the northern end um your advanced paramedics were coming either from kingston or poughkeepsie if you ever needed a paramedic so all the bls squads that were local they'd get there no matter how bad the patient was, they went to Northern Duchess and you handled no matter what it was, whether it was a cut finger to cardiac arrest. And, you know, they were they would handle it all. Um, I can remember when uh, Northern Duchess um, paramedics was born, you know, with one single fly car and two paramedics uh, bringing ALS into the Northern Duchess um, County and where it's, you know, have grown to now. Um, 
the standard of care definitely needs to be even across the board, but it, you know, unfortunately everything comes down to money. Um, but I can also remember once IBM folded in Kingston, you lost um, all the areas, Ulster County, Dutchess County, probably Green County, uh, Columbia County, lost a lot of their volunteers when IBM closed, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of people, Moved, you know, had to leave the area. And that's moved. how I ended up becoming and, a native uh, Floridian. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's a lot of, a lot of the push is, you know, going paid, you know, the ambulance squads weren't making their calls. They weren't making their calls in a timely manner. So, you know, the people or your mayor or, you know, governor, your town, whatever would, you know, be in the uproar and say, well, we need something better. You know, the squads couldn't do anything better. You can only do so much to get recruitment, get people in there with uh, dwindling numbers of people who wanted to uh, be in EMS or in the fire department. And, uh, you know, the increased number of training hours, money, time, time away from the family. Um, you know, that's all what's hurt the, vol- the volunteer system. You know, and that's what's ultimately ultimately brought in, you know, paid paramedics into Greenport, Copate, Chatham, um, everywhere. I mean, Southern Columbia, everywhere. Um, I can remember the birth of every single one. When I started at Copate Rescue, there's a volunteer, you know, I joined just before I became a certified ambulance. So I can remember when it wasn't even a certified ambulance yet. Um, they just had an ambulance. You got trained, you went out and did your thing. Um, you know, up Wild to the West. paramedic level that we are, you know, the paramedic level that we are now. Um, you know, you've seen it develop, but to, you know, answer your question, um, there's a standard of care. The standard of care is always changing across the board, whether you live in the city and you're two minutes from the hospital or whether you live in the most rural area and you're two hours from the hospital. Standard of care still needs to be at the highest level possible so, I mean, yeah, you, as much as the volunteers are loved and needed, there is a role for them. You know, I think it, it needs to standard across the board. Right. Yeah. And I think to, to uphold the standard, I think volunteers need to move into like a support role, not a main role. Um, and, you know, and that's going to be tough for people. I mean, you know, Josh, I'm going to go with uh, with you because, uh, you know, you are very heavy in our local county EMS and uh, you actually were involved in one of the uh, uh, the organizations that I- I'm going to bring up here. Um, you know, New York State made a big push for combination of services. Uh, we had it in uh, in this county where Josh and I live that, um, you know, they wanted two rescue squads to merge into one or, you know, be taken over per se. You fill me in if I'm like mistakenly spewing non-truthful facts, but, you know, having another agency provide service for that area. Um, and everybody went up in arms like, oh my God, this is the, this is literally a nuclear bomb falling no, because, on Manhattan. Cause you can't touch my kingdom. You can't yeah. touch my kingdom. And yeah. when you really step yeah. back from all the anger and you thought about it, it's like, guys, every single one of us does this because we're supposed to care about the patient and doing what is best for the patient is number one. That is that is the stone cold fact about EMS. I mean, going on with that, with the, you know, and you don't have wide. to name names or anything like that, but no, um, no. I mean, going on with it, <clears throat> excuse me, the, you know, they wanted to do the countywide ambulance system, which they pitched a good pitch and it sounded good, you know, three ambulances on, twenty four hours a day. With the system status, you know, one ambulance in one area goes out, you bring another one to backfill that. When two on opposite ends goes out, the third one sits in the middle. You know, and that was just for two towns. It wasn't for the entire county. If they got the entire county brought on board, you know, the numbers of providers per ambulance is on 
at a time were phenomenal compared to what we have now. Because, you know, I mean, mountaintop area, Green County, you have one full-time paid agency, one full volunteer agency, and one combination paid day volunteer at night. The one agency I work for in Green County two years ago was paid day volunteer at night when I first started with them. And at night, it seemed like it was the same people all the time answering the calls. Um, and then a year ago, a little over a year ago, the town decided to do paid 24 hour service, which worked out phenomenal for the agency. You know, we got more employees, um, the out of the shoot time per se, from the time of dispatch till we get out the door and on scene was cut in like little over half the time because yeah. you know i mean me personally when i responded at night as a volunteer i was four minutes from the district line but if it was on the opposite end of the district i was every bit of 20 25 minutes away from the scene um <clears throat> the my thoughts on that countywide system, it would have worked phenomenal because now, okay, we don't do the system status like the paramedics do when they go out. They all move around in the fly cars. Columbia County, their EMS system, I, I'd like it. I mean, it it's beneficial. It works out, you know, provides better patient care, you know, quicker patient care. Yeah, where I work in uh, Montgomery County, we do system status. Yeah, just some people didn't, you know, felt they were going to lose jobs, even though it was creating more jobs. But now it's like, you know, one town goes out for a call, they can't get a second crew assembled. The next town over goes mutual aid. You know, we got 20, 30 minute response time after, you know, county tries for seven to ten minutes to trying to get a second crew. Right. Dispatch and, time. And all of that, you know, is going back to the to the point I was making earlier. You're sacrificing quality of care at that point. Exactly. You know, yep. and that yep. is going to create. You could literally have the golden provider show up at that call, and you know, time. You know, if, if you have a heart attack, time is muscle. Yeah. If you're having a stroke, time is brain. You're you're just wasting time. You know, and. Yep. Some things might get worse. You know, if you're going to a stub toe, who cares? It's a stub toe. But, you know, the serious medical emergencies, it's only going to get worse the longer it goes. I mean, to kind of bring this exactly. back into yeah, why I mean, we're doing this is... New York State. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> the New York State, well, certain counties in New York State, don't allow the volunteer EMTs to use any kind of warning lights or audible siren to get to the ambulance to speed up the process of getting to the scene to start patient care. So we have, mm. you know, follow all, I mean, we have to follow all traffic laws in an ambulance anyway, but you know, your response time to the ambulance is delayed. You know, mm. I, it's just, it, it's getting worse for the rules that and restrictions that they're putting on the volunteers. EMS is, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, Getting I, I mean, it is, it is. And it's getting harder to get the volunteers because of the restrictions they're putting on. Oh. Well, like I was going to say was, uh, I mean, and the reason I know you wanted to do this was to kind of, you know, try to educate the public or at least bring some of this out to people who maybe not that, that watch the, uh, the podcast that don't work in EMS and kind of give them an idea of what we're doing. And, you know, this is a prime example of why, things are the way they are and it's because the public has absolutely no idea they don't all they know is something happens to me or somebody i care about i'm dialing 911 and there better be an ambulance show up at my door right. i don't care how it gets there okay. and they don't know anything beyond that they don't understand the logistics of it the administrative end of it they don't understand you know i, I mean you know in my town i know they they celebrate the volunteerism like it's you know uh, a golden idol and they don't realize what they're missing uh, they don't know that you know when grandma is clutching her chest and telling you she's going to die that if she could have an ambulance there in five minutes versus 15 uh you you might see grandma tomorrow versus right. you know buying flowers so uh, 
uh, it really is a, a lack of it, it's ignorance on the on the part of the public through the fault of us so why do like i'm gonna go to everyone on this one why do you think that is i mean you see you know the everyone you know you, you the, the police and firefighters always get all the recognition and EMS is just forgotten. And I think a lot of it has to do with years and years and years of police organizations, police unions, you know, fire unions, fire organizations pushing to the public everything that they possibly could about these organizations what police officers do for people you know good bad ugly what fire departments do good bad ugly they teach people they do everything out in the open and then ems is we sit in our building and people label us ambulance drivers because we allow it to happen and i think along with that also goes you know they make movies called Backdraft, not STEMI. You know what I mean? They make these shows like uh, this last abomination, uh, 911, where, you know, the firemen are these. I didn't get to see that. Yeah, I, I watched like half an episode and I, I, I screamed the TV and, and walked off in a, in a fit and rage. The, the best but, EMS uh, <laughs> show since. This is me just going on a tangent. The best EMS show since Emergency, I believe, is Sirens. But see, there again, you're you're see, and that's what's not doing us any justice. It, it's but it, you're, it's funny, and we're oh, and people are gonna go, how oh, they're 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 funny. They they got the guy with the bottle stuck up his butt. That's great, <laughs> you know. He oh, he hit the pothole to make it pop out. That's that's hilarious. But it's not putting us in a serious light. So you're you're not getting you know you're not getting any you're, you're not getting like a uh, uh, you know a serious you know like Chicago fire. You're not getting Chicago EMS. You know. Right. You're not getting a show like that where there's a there's a serious spin put on it, uh, and things are done accurately and and portrayed in an accurate manner. Should we have a show like Cops? We do. It's called Night Watch. Yeah. Nobody watches it. Nobody watches it. <laughs> yeah. My my big thing is, I feel the public relations part of EMS is not there as much as the volunteer fire departments true. and the police departments. It's because mainly because I feel you go set up a public relations event. Oh, the tones drop. We got to go save a life. We don't, unless you're going to get, you know, somebody to volunteer their time yeah. to come in and go do public relations with the fire department or the cops. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to get what we do out in the public. And I think, uh, touching on, on what you said there, it, it's... The amount of calls that we do as EMS providers. Yeah, and I think what, what goes along with that is, you know, look at what, you know, I know I work for two different agencies just to, to make ends meet. Uh, I know everyone pretty much works for you know, one or two, um, you know, definitely more than one uh, for, for most people. Uh, Honestly, I, I don't have that vested interest in the places I work because I'm, you know what I mean? It, it's not, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? If you're vested in the place you're, you're working, if it's, you know, you're, you're paid a decent wage, you're, you've got benefits, it's, it's, you know, it's where you work, you have roots there, uh, then yeah, well, you know, we're doing community outreach, something like that. Absolutely, I'll come, I'll, I'll come by and volunteer my time, no problem. But, you know, uh, conversely, if, if it's not, Hey, no, I'm sorry. I got to go to work at my other place, you know, because I got to keep the lights on at home. So see you later. Bye. Right. You know. Pete. A lot of it is that, um, you know, it's taken for granted. You know, there's never, there's never PR, you know, with the rescue squad, like even when we run back fire department, you know, if you're out, everybody's looking at the big red flashy truck versus the little, the little tiny ambulance. And, um, you know, everything's always been pushed towards the fire department, you know. Even back when I started, you know, it takes so long for cameras to get there. All you saw was the fire department that was shown on TV. Okay. You know, they didn't show the two, three ambulances that were there, you know, Dude. saving the lives out of the car accident, right. helping the people that the firefighters got out of the burning building and getting them to the hospital. You know, we're in and out 
and we're not publicized, you know, we're taking for granted that, well, we're just there, you know, we're going to do our job. We're going to show up like robots and, you know, do our, you know, what's required. Um, you know, unless you're in a municipality, you know, with the volunteers and everything, you know, everybody is more apt to thank the volunteers for, you know, coming out in the middle of the night and, you know, giving their time away from their family to go help save somebody's property or help with an accident or something like that. But with the way EMS is in the laws in the towns, you know, the towns are required to provide ambulance services one way or another, whether it's paid, whether they support their local ambulance service. Um, so it's just something that every town's got to have one way or another. And we're just expected to be there and just do our job. Now, I you said it's the best required and expected that, you know, that's what the public sees of us is that we are expected to be doing this. This is what we have to do. Which is funny that you bring up those two terms, required and expected, because I I have the same mentality when I think about police and fire. I, you know, if if I call 911 because there is a burglar in my house and I, you know, for whatever reason I'm a lefty and I don't I was, have a gun safe. I was just going to say, for whatever reason, you didn't shoot them first. Well, yes, I'm saying if, <laughs> if I was a Hillary Clinton supporter and gave all my guns back and didn't have any, you know, tool in my home to protect myself, right. I need a police officer and I expect them to show up and shoot the dude or whatever. Like, if my house is burning, I expect somebody to show up with a big flashy truck that shoots out a bunch of water to somewhat save my house because we all know how well that happens. <laughs> but but it's true. I mean, so one of the one of the big contentions right now that I know Gerard you really wanted to get to this subject is New York State does not see um EMS as an essential service but yet they recognize garbage pickup as essential service. Uh, police, fire, um, air traffic controllers, they're all essential services, but yet EMS isn't. We are a non-essential service. So um, I, I just want to hear you know, the, the opinions of the panel uh, on whether we should or should not be. And, and the one thing that I do have to point out, because once I read more into essential services, um, New York State essential service laws really only dictate they are there because of uh, striking. So in New York State, if you're an essential service, you are legally not allowed to go on strike. So the police department can't go on strike. You have to have a police officer show up. Um, and that's the only reason why people become essential services um, is the government dictates and says, you can't go on strike. You need to show up if you're called. But along with that, they get better pay and benefits. Not because they're essential services. I think that there's nothing in the essential service law that says we're going to give you more money because you're an essential service. I think it's because they're either municipality, government jobs, or have a huge lobby union behind them that fights for that where we have nothing. And, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, the argument for it, it, it begins and ends with your loved one or yourself are having a medical emergency. You dial nine one one. Do you expect an ambulance to show up in your front yard or an aerial truck? So that's it, if you, if you expect a hook and ladder to show up in your front yard when you're having chest pain, then yeah, then we don't need to be essential service. They they do in Albany. I, I, yeah, I'm not saying what they I'm not saying what they actually do. But, but, but they what do also you ex- they, what do you as a lay person in the public expect? <laughs> so when you're clutching your chest and you see the ladder pull up and, <laughs> and, and your eyebrow raises like the rock and you're like what? <laughs> Ooh, you just made a meme. I did. Yes. <laughs> um. 
So okay, so you're for it, yeah. guys. What do what do you uh, what do you say? Well, um, I haven't looked into you know services like that, but I've you know been around agencies that um, have unions, don't have unions, um, have had unions come and go. But um, you know, we've come in the rural areas, not counting municipalities and stuff like that. The rural areas, Columbia uh, County. Parses of Dutchess County, um, anywhere rural, even out west New York State, northern New York State, they're still way far behind the times than we are down here in Central. But um, it came up so slow. It just came up so slow. You went from, you know, people volunteering to paid positions and started off. I was started off as an EMT at the state minimum uh, wage which I don't know, was five something probably at the time, if not of just a hair more. But, um, you know, because we were always expected to be there and we were there, you know, we, they got away with, you know, always paying us, you know, the basic amount of money, despite the fact of how much EMS costs all the equipment to keep the ambulances running staff, the advances of everything, you put, um, you know, orange on it, EMS tag on it. You know, you put it, anything medical about it. And in this country, it just exaggerates the, the price um, exorbitantly to where it's almost unaffordable. And it makes it harder for squads to increase in um, their patient care levels, their staffing levels, um, because they have to pay out all this money for equipment and everything else. And they can't go into their staff. Um but yes, there definitely needs to be some type of system to increase the public's awareness of uh, what we do, what we're worth, and um, not necessarily regulated, but um, you know, there needs to be more control in government of uh, helping EMS providers um, because we are the first line that helps people. Uh, we literally everywhere across the world, across this country, across this state, across this town, you know, literally are saving lives, you know, when we're out there and get the patient to the hospital alive or in a much better condition than they would have been if they drove, you know, to the hospital. Um, you know, so there, there definitely needs to be improvement across the board somehow, somehow. Josh, how about you? I feel the same way Peter does on that. I mean, when you go into an EMT class, your book does not say emergency medical technician. It says, <clears throat> excuse me, pre-hospital care. Hmm. Why can't we have the same things that the hospitals do out in the field? We are doing almost as much as a emergency room, just in a smaller space at a faster speed. Yeah. To get them there. Yeah. And it's true. It I is mean, true. One of the one of the big points that I wanted to drive home, and if anybody hasn't watched. The two videos that I posted for EMS Week on the YouTube channel prior to this one and on the Facebook page, um, be sure to watch those because I, you know, Pete was nice enough to let me come out to Go Big Rescue, tool around in an ambulance, show you all the equipment that we have, talk about a Lucas, talk about an IO drill, talk about a cardiac monitor, talk about intubation supplies, talk about the meds that we carry. Mm -hmm. Because we are, like, the big distinguishing. We are not, you know, uh, EMTs, paramedics, ambulance drivers. You know, we bring an ER to your doorstep yeah, every single much. time you call, whether it's for the stub toe or whether it's for, you know, a stroke or a cardiac arrest and you're dead. You know, the, the big thing I talked about yesterday was, you know, the, the opiate overdose, you know, the opiate Epidemic, epidemic overdoses yeah. you know how many of those do we go to per week you know mm -hmm. um Too many. and right you know and we are the front line of that the police get all the credit right because god forbid they gave narcan once and the guy woke up before we got there but who's the who's the one to keep them breathing with more narcan or intubation and yeah. keep them alive till they go to the er we are because yeah. they leave um but who gets the news story for great save right. there cop. Cause you're so important. Um, so 
I, I want to end because I, I think we've covered a lot of topics um, in, in fairly good detail. But I just want to hear um, from everybody one change. If you could have any change in EMS tomorrow, what would it be? I think for me... Um, and I know everybody in EMS is going to hate my guts for saying it, <laughs> but, uh, it I, hear him. I couldn't hear what he said. Oh, I'm sorry. I said everyone in EMS is going to hate my guts for saying this, but, um, yeah, I, I, I seriously think there needs to be, if uh, you say union, I'm going to kick you. No, 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 okay. but there needs to be some sort of oversight or regulation, uh, for fatigue. Uh, 24 hour shifts should be a thing of the past. See, I don't think that's uh, a terrible see, idea. Oh, oh, I thought you were about to argue nope, with me. No, nope, ah. I, I completely agree with you. <laughs> I, believe me, dude, I I am uh, the I was in two ambulance accidents. Neither one um, was because they fell asleep, but I could understand. Like yeah. the the first one I was in, I was in the back with the patient. My driver had a had a heart attack, went unconscious, drove into the woods, bounced this off of like nine trees, and. Yeah. It was bad, but I could understand if he had just fallen asleep, the same thing would have happened. The, the, so I'm with you for that. Yeah. Does it stink? You know, there's so many people that are like, Oh my God, a 24 hour shift. Like, how do you even do that? Like I go oh, I nine to five, five days a week. And here, most of us work full-time hours in two days, or yeah. three days. And the thing is, is the recent local, uh, fatal ambulance accident happened in my fire district. Yeah. Uh, so it came right to, right to our front door. And from my previous life, um, you know, we were very strictly, strictly regulated by the FAA. Uh, we had to log, you know, not just our flight time, but our duty time, which was the moment you woke up in the morning to the moment you came off, off duty. And, you know, you were allowed so many flight hours per duty hours and that was it. So if, people don't really know this, but uh, your long transatlantic flights and your transpac flights, uh, there's actually two flight crews on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, one takes off, they fly to their max, they get out of the cockpit, the other crew swaps in, and they land the airplane. Uh, there are no, there's no room for wiggle there. They don't, they don't play when it comes to that stuff. There should be some sort of regulation for that here. Yeah, I, I think you hit 12 hours. I would say even maybe even 14 to 16 hours. That's about enough. Now it's time to go go sit on the sidelines and and you know let the next next crews on. Uh, I know people they love their twenty fours and their thirty sixes and just had somebody at, at the place I work do a, a forty eight and uh, like it's some kind of badge of honor and I'm like you know so how many people have you killed in your career doing that you know because uh, I know at the end of a twenty four I'm 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 afraid of you know. Driving home, <laughs> Make, not just driving home, but you know, God forbid, I get that last that last call, which I did the other morning, and I'm like, Phew. the only thing on my mind is don't make a mistake, don't make a mistake, don't make a mistake, because yep. you know, you're just your eyelids are just done, you know. So, um, yeah, that would be my thing. Pete, what about you? Oh well, the, where to begin? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you you can't you can't pick just one thing. Um, we'll keep it under I, a dozen. It, if I had to pick one, I would say more, not government control, but like you said, oversight, but across the board, education, good quality, yes. quality education. Um, exactly that. Um, Absolutely. Helping agencies, um, you know, with staffing to, um, you know, where it, people are able to get their rest and stuff like that. Um, you know, the one thing we're, you know, saying at the beginning of this about being ambulance drivers and everything like that um, in how we start um, trying to make this quick. But, uh, you know, I got out of high school. I went into graphic communications. I was a, I ran a printing press full time right out of school. You know, I went, volunteered, got my EMT, loved helping people. And, uh, you know, a lot of people start say, well, I love helping people. Might as well get paid for it if, you know. You know, I love doing it so much. So you get into the EMS field. So once you're in, you're, you're stuck in it to a certain degree. Um, young, um, 
you know, family started right off the bat. So then you need money. Um, we're not paid what we're worth. So you have to work a lot of hours. Um, but doing this for nearly 25 years, um, God as my witness, I have not worked under 90 hours for over 18 years, wow. 90 hours a week for over 18 years. And that's no lie. Um, for three years of my life, I was doing nearly 120 hours a week, if not more, just to survive, to, you know, provide for me, um, my kids, um, you know, got four kids. So I was witness know, to that. To do it. And then never mind um, the loss that we get with um, my two oldest sons. You know, my two oldest sons. You know, I saw them when they were born, and it feels like I didn't see them until they were 12 years old. Um, like Memorial Weekend coming up. For nearly the same 18 years, if I haven't taken off one or two memorials holidays in the last 18 years, that would be a lot. I've wow. worked every single one 24 hours, and you do it because of either you know, restrictions, regulations with your agency, you can't get off, you don't have time, they don't have the staffing to uh, give you the time off. I've worked Labor Day, same thing, probably every Labor Day, 24 hours for over 18 years. And, you know, the public doesn't see that. They call us ambulance drivers. We just don't get in the, these ambulances, work 120 hours a week. I was working five agencies at one time. When I was doing the 120 hours, I was working five wow. agencies going from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And yes, so I can, believe me, I understand about no sleep. Yeah. And I, um, I was the one that told him to sleep. And, yeah. um, and stuff like that. So there needs, there needs to be, there needs to be control. There needs to be education to the public of who, what we are. Um, and with this podcast, this podcast is, just the tip of the iceberg of everything that um, is wrong, is good, and what needs to be done improve um, healthcare, not only in this town but across across the world. And uh, you know, there needs there needs to be the education. So I would say yes, there needs to be some type of more regulation to uh, to help us across the board. That's what I would change. Josh, how about you? Uh, I feel that I'd like to see like more state funding for equipment, medications. You know, you can apply for grants and hope that you get them. Um, you know, even if it, you know, locally can help out financial wise. You know, like Pete was saying, mm -hmm. equipment and medications are getting more and more expensive nowadays. You know, so I'd, that's one thing I would like to see is more good old state good old drug A. And drug L, yeah. Oh, yeah. we all know that we've drug talked a about that on the L. healthcare yep. episode, you know. And one of the things that uh, one of the guys that helped us study, you know, we were talking about medications uh, that literally do the exact same thing, and they cure, well, treat, I should say, the exact same medical problem, but. You know the the pharmaceutical industry pushes drug, drug a, a because it's twenty dollars over drug L, which is seventy five cents or right. three dollars or whatever it was. Yeah, I think it was like eight bucks or something. It, like that. Whatever yeah. the heck it was, you know. And and that's and that's I agree with you. I mean, there needs to be if two drugs do the same thing, an agency should have the choice to go. Hey, well, this one does it. I can use this one. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I would love to see equipment funding. You know, from I, more I more public funding as grants or yeah. you know grants is a great idea. You know, yeah. um, I just don't want to see my taxes go up. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> well, see, that's the grants. problem, though. You know, you you, you got to pay to play. At least in this state, you do. Well, I mean, if you want an ambulance showing up at your door, you should have to pay a little extra in your taxes every year to make sure it's staffed and make sure it's it's properly equipped. I mean, you do have a fire tax. I do pay a fire tax every year. There should be an EMS for tax. For a volunteer fire department, you pay fire tax. Correct. Yep, but for a paid ambulance agency, 
You don't pay an ambulance tax. No, they nope. have to bill for it and hope to God somebody pays. Right. Which ultimately is me because... Which is us anyway, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there anything else to add? Uh, Josh, I, I totally like just cut you off there. No, no. That was, you know, just the state funding with equipment, education, and medication i think we're all in agreement there yeah i would yeah. i would ag- i would agree with everything so far so I, I i hope that uh you guys agree with mine because i i've been saying this for a while um but in new york state we have uh different care at different um locations in the state because uh doctors have decided to come together and have regions and regions dictate protocols which is standard of care so i cannot get the same care in the borough of manhattan that i do in albany that i would in buffalo or in plattsburgh you might not even get the same drugs you might not get the same drugs the paramedics who are all state certified by new york state might not be able to do the same skills. And that, in my opinion, needs to end now. Yeah. There could still be doctor oversight, but the doctor oversight should be at the state level. If I am a New York State certified paramedic, my protocols should come from New York State. Me as a paramedic should be able to treat somebody effectively, exactly the same way, in any inch of this state i should not be you know oh i'm sorry i i'm in this this section so i can't give you this drug because this doctor doesn't like it i mean the only only, i mean the only doctor that really should matter is your agency's medical director you know the person that you technically really do work for right but you know there's there's numerous um you know uh states you know in the union that don't have regions they have state ems so like maryland what you get in baltimore is the same you'd get in salisbury is the same you get way out by you know west virginia it's the exact same standard of care and that's a big pet peeve of mine i don't think we'll ever get rid of it in this state because too many people like their kingdoms um and the doctors have their kingdoms just staked out you know staked out just as well as the yeah. the ambulance squads and the fire departments but that'd be mine so. i like it anything else to add guys before i say happy ems week and wrap this thing up yeah. silence silence mm-hmm. all right so yeah. well, just, you know who's gonna go first no, no. <laughs> <laughs> pete wants um, to, pete and i no, have I'll... to argue about who talks more <laughs> no, i'll jump in there um yeah i just want to say you know, thanks to every EMS provider out there, whether you're the um, paramedic that's on the fire truck in New York City, you know, Buffalo, up north, anywhere, you know, anywhere, um, to the EMT that's in the smallest town in the most rural area and will never, ever be seen, notified, thanked for what they're doing is just you know thank you very much everybody and uh you know keep it up keep everybody safe work together um and uh i I do want to butt in we'll just keep chucking along and uh try and make it better i i I would like to start you know yeah amen um i do want to butt in because we were supposed to have a very special guest uh along with you guys but uh, my wife was supposed to be here re- doing the uh, the flight nurse portion of EMS. So she was going to talk about the uh, aircraft, air medical side of uh, EMS. And, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, just go, oh, my God, we can't call a helicopter because it's so stinking expensive. But the amount of care and the level of care that those people do and the education that those people do, the nurses, all the paramedics. Yeah. Continuing um, training and education. Yeah, it's, it is literally nonstop. She yeah. does it 24-7. Um, you know, she, she literally has to drive to Syracuse every quarter just to do training, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, I want to – she wasn't here to defend herself, so I want to, I wanna, you know – 
give a shout out to her because, like I said, she went on a call right before the uh, the podcast started. So, um, you know, I want to thank them for what they do because they're, you know, they're people that we call and interact with all the time that, again, don't get recognition like we do. There are 911. Yeah, a lot of times they are our 911. Like, oh my God, fix this mess. Um, but uh, till next time, guys, I just want to say thank you to you, uh, Gerard, Pete, Josh. You all were absolutely amazing. And I also want to say thank you to all the EMS providers. Happy EMS week. Until next time, guys, stay strong. You too, thank you.